welcome to our Easter experience. It is an experience, man. Jesus is alive. It is not just Easter Sunday. It is Resurrection Sunday. It is the hope of not just Christianity. It is the hope of the entire world, the entire universe hinges on the thing we celebrate today. Today, we, we, we beckon you to join us. We hope that you would have come along the last few weeks. We've taken a great journey. Before we even get started, I want to encourage you, if you're here this morning with us and you're visiting for the first time or the third time or prayerfully it's not the last time, uh, there's a gift for you already waiting. There's a, in front of you there are Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, consider that your gift from Church Triumphant to you on this Easter celebration, this Resurrection Sunday celebration, okay, and, and make good use of it. If you need to borrow one for the day, that's great. Um, thank you, Patrick. He's hooking me up here so I can lose this. I need to be hands-free. Um, thank you. I'm going to switch them. Um, today, uh, we've started doing on a journey in a few weeks, man. We've talked about the story of a soldier who should have been out of, the, out of sorts and out of the, the, the mode of operation that Jesus was working in. Yet at the, at the cross, he utters words, this is truly the Son of God. And then, then we've taken a journey with a guy who's a doubter. Can't really believe that Jesus is all that. I mean, walked with him, saw him, went, went, went on the journeys with him and all of that, but still had a trouble trying to come to grips with that thing. And today we continue our quest, our, our trek and we bring you to a place of really the Sunday morning that we talk about. Mary, Magdalene, contending with life, contending with stuff. And she gives us insight in what it's like to have a life of brokenness. A life that experiences healing but then finds itself broken again. A hurt and a damage that, that is unthinkable and yet she'll find healing again too. You know, life throws things at us. Life just throws difficulty and frustration at us and that we have to contend with. Sometimes life throws hurt and aggravation and damage to us. And there are sometimes that we suffer at those hands, and then there are sometimes we suffer at these hands. We dig ditches. One scoop, one shovel load at a time. And then we find ourselves falling right into the hole that we dug ourselves. And Mary, this lady we talk about today, and look at her story as she finds hope on Resurrection Sunday. She shows us that kind of thing. And when we fall into those circles, we find ourselves with questions. Is there a place where all the brokenness of my life, can it, can it be healed? Is there a person who can help me? Is there somewhere where I can take the broken pieces, the segments that used to be my life, and they can be made whole again? You know, Mary had all sorts of dirt, hurt, all kinds of damage, all kinds of, of things that, that gave her reason to, 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 to be frustrated, to be angry. Some of it was thrust upon her in affliction by other people. Some of it was self-induced. Her life was shattered into pieces. The story of Easter is this. She finds an artisan. Not just any artisan, mind you. She finds the artisan of artisans. She finds the person who can take brokenness and put it back together and make something of beauty of it. 
Let's look at her story today in John chapter 20. Our lives from the outside may look okay, but maybe, just maybe, we're really broken on the inside. Some of you were at your house this morning putting on your Easter best, looking at the mirror, doing everything, all the makeup stuff. I know some of you guys do that. I personally don't do that, but maybe some of you do. (laughs) Trying to make it look good and make it feel right. Mary maybe did that many times. On John, in John chapter 20, verse 1, you'll find these words. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark. It's oftentimes that Jesus comes to us out of the darkness. Oftentimes, Jesus comes to us in the darkest of moments. I would dare say that in sometimes he allows and maybe even in some cases orchestrates it so his light can shine more brightly in our lives. I know that's not very religious sounding. Psalm 18 talks about God shrouding himself in dark clouds. And Genesis chapter 12, I think it is, talks about as he's beginning to start a covenant with Abraham, he purposefully causes darkness to come. And that that even a horrifying darkness comes over Abraham. On Good Friday, we would find that as God's son is hanging on a cross, that the very light itself refuses to be seen, that God creates darkness. And really, in that darkness, that's when the centurion comes to go on, dude, this must be the son of God. <laughs> Never seen the sun go away in the middle of the afternoon. Don't know what that looks like. And when, when, when the ground starts to rattle and everything that was normal and stable starts to shake, he's like, oh my. And some of you know exactly what that's like to find life just shaking back and forth. It's in the dark that Mary starts her journey. On Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. And she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. See, Mary finds herself broken. She's desperate. She's worried about what tomorrow looks like and she doesn't know what to do. But see, this is not our first, this is not our first insight into Mary's life. In the book of Luke, chapter 8, you'll find her name in a list, in an occurrence. This is, this is, she had been found near, the, near Jesus, the person who was before. And it reads like this in verse 1. Soon afterward, he went through all the cities and villages, proclaiming, the, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And also some women came who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. One of the lists of women who followed Jesus in the scripture, you'll find that even a, a, a wife of a, of, of a higher ranking official in Herod's court follows Jesus. It's real possible that some of these ladies are very affluent, yet they're afflicted. It's very possible they look the part even on a Sunday morning. They just very, very possibly look apart even during the week, and they would sit in front of the mirror portraying the image. But quite possibly what Mary was looking at was a shattered life, a broken heart, a frustrated spirit. I wonder how many of you today looked apart today 
You've looked in the mirror and you've tried to make everything covered up. And on the inside, you just hurt like you can't even describe. And you've smiled at people as you drove into the parking lot. And you've smiled at people as you've come in the door. And you smiled at, during the meet and greet. And you laughed with the kids. But on the inside, the only thing you can see is brokenness and trash and a life that hurts beyond hurts. I don't know. Maybe that's you. Some of that about Mary. We know some things about Mary. We don't know a lot about Mary. We know some things about Mary. Something we do know about Mary is this. We know that Mary had some real serious external issues. The scriptures say here that they were these women that Jesus had healed of evil spirits and infirmities. There were probably some real things that came at her from the outside. She was maybe tormented. You know what I think probably some of it? She had been used and abused over and over again. Maybe as a young child, she was abused at the hands of her own dad or at the hands of her own mother. Maybe somewhere that the brokenness began to enter even as a, as a toddler, as an infant. Maybe it continued when she'd run around the village. There were kids who would poke fun and make fun of her, and she, she found herself the butt of every joke. And, and, and they tell us people who deal with emotional issues and mental trauma, many times the open door that creates that is this, torment and abuse at the hands of people who are close to them. And they begin at an early age thinking certain thoughts and believing certain things that may or may not be true. And God's all the time trying to crack the veil open, trying to, to, to get close to them, and their heart is so shattered and broken. Maybe you're here today, and maybe brokenness started at a very early age for you. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you were verbally assaulted in your own home. Maybe you were, God forbid, sexually molested. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some, some boys here who, who, who found themselves getting beat up over and over and again by a drunk dad, maybe getting beat up over and over again at, at school. I, I don't know. And maybe today you've, you feel you, you've, you've learned to put the macho, the macho piece of the puzzle on, but in your heart, it's just broken, hurt, just trying to deal with life. And nobody even really knows. You know, some other things we can determine about this idea of Mary. She probably has some real serious lifestyle issues, some self-inflicted stuff. She probably tried to find some way to medicate. Maybe it was drugs. Maybe it was drinking. I don't know. Maybe she, she had an absentee father, and she tried to fill the void with all sorts of promiscuity, trying to make some sort of connection to another male figure. Maybe there were pieces of her lying all over the place, all over the place. From Galilee all the way through Judea, she'd left pieces of her heart hanging and laying. I don't know. Maybe she was, got to the point where she was a real junkie type. I don't know. Maybe she'd robbed and thieved from her own family to, to support the habit that she had. Maybe she was diseased. Maybe she was so broken that she'd done certain things and life had thrown together. Maybe she was fighting some sort of malady, an infirmity, a sickness that she's just trying to, at the result of her own work, her own hands had created. But she probably looked like a, to some people, she looked like it was everything was perfect. Good edges, good boundaries, perfect. And then she found herself that night with her dad and pieces 
And then that drug abuse created another piece of brokenness. Is it ringing in your ears? I hope it is. Maybe it's, it's just, you know, self-esteem issues, and she could never think she was good enough, worthy enough. Her heart and her life is broken. Only one more hit. Just one more. I saw Anthea. Just one more. Life spread everywhere. Pieces of her laying on the ground, broken and destroyed. And she wonders, could it ever be healed? And she finds this guy named Jesus. Her life had been in a state of brokenness, but this person named Jesus came and picked up the pieces. And before any of us get too far down the road, when we're thinking about a lady who's got demon spirits, you know, seven of them even, well, you know, I'm not her. Listen, every one of us have these ghosts that haunt us. Every one of us have an issue of some kind that we have brokenness existing on the inside. All of us have dealt with issues of abandonment. All of us have dealt with issues maybe of some kind of addiction. All of us have had some kind of something hovering about that causes brokenness to exist in our lives. Every one of us. So before you start getting on Mary because she's got demons and you ain't that bad, listen, you are that. In fact, the scripture would declare that person without Christ is dead. You're not just demonically oppressed, maybe. You are dead without Christ. Scriptures describe us as being dead, smelly, decrepit in our trespasses and sins. We have broken our own lives, most of us. We had dug the ditch. We had lied and cheated and stealed. We had been unfaithful and whatever and done all sorts of things. In our lives, we find chunks of our lives laying everywhere. So don't think, don't start looking at me like, yeah, whatever, she's bad, she's really bad. Don't look, maybe you ought to go find a mirror. Maybe you ought to find a mirror and just look back at the brokenness. She found this guy named Jesus, and he gave her hope. He knelt down. Some people confuse Mary with the lady caught in an act of adultery. There's no indication they're the same people, but oftentimes we we kind of associate that. But I, I can see Jesus with that lady caught in the act and ready to be stoned. Maybe he's drawing in that sand that day a picture of what he sees her as with the brokenness healed. Huh? She found him. I read a story this last couple of weeks that God, uh, not God, somebody, God sent it to me, but somebody else was on somebody else's email address. And uh, he does that sometimes, you know. Matter of fact, I'm the email address this morning for you. Download from heaven right here, right now. Pastor Aaron at churchtea.org just sent you a message, but it wasn't through, it was just through him, not from him. And it talks about this title that you'll you'll appreciate. My Time with an Ex-Porn Star. Written by a guy named Frank Park, who's a staff minister at a church in Seattle, Washington, called Mars Hill Hill Church. And the basic idea of this background of this story is they they did a marriage and life and, and relationship series at their church. And one of the weekends they did that, they had this lady come in who had been saved from her lifestyle in the porn industry. And then a snowstorm comes, and he's kind of stuck in the airport trying to get her back home and after delays and stuff. And they, they have this conversation. And I'm going to read you the whole article. I'm going to read you a piece of it. Because point number three in, his, in the article reads like this. 
Jesus can redeem anyone's story. He says, what stood out the most to me is Chrissy, the girl who had been involved in uh, the adult film industry, shared, despite all that she had been through over the years with guys, I like the way he puts this in parentheses, not men. Real men, real men don't treat women like that. Guys, not men, treating her as a commodity rather than a person and disrespecting her entirely was that she told her story, check this out, with a smile on her face. Chrissy knows that without a doubt that her past does not define her. Jesus does. Oh, I love that. She knows that in Christ she is righteous and spotless without blemish. She has hope for the future because of Jesus. She knows that Jesus is using her past to redeem others in the present. She now works for a nonprofit organization called Treasures, which aims to reach out to women in the sex industry with the messages that are loved, valued, and proposed by Christ. He makes this statement. For those of you struggling with porn, and you're probably sitting here with us this morning. Some of you may be sitting here with us every Sunday morning. Know this, there's no such thing as free porn. It's a lie. It costs you something. Real women are being hurt in the porn industry. And I like this next line. Porn only promises what only Jesus can fill. And I like this next line. Because Jesus conquered sin and death, this sin can be put to death once and for all in your life. You're fighting a battle that has already been won through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. That's what we celebrate today, man. Now, here's, here's the real kicker to the point, man. Jesus really can and will redeem anyone's story. Ha, <laughs> ha. That means you're a candidate, and you're a candidate, and you're a candidate, and you're a candidate. Every one of us can have a redeemed story. We can have a story of brokenness that becomes healed. We can have a story of life that's dead, but it suddenly finds real life in Christ. Oh, that's beautiful. Jesus had separated her from her past. See, Mary's past no longer defined her, the person of Christ did. But here's the problem with this story the guy who'd healed her suddenly was a part of her history. Some of you know that story. You found Christ. You, you knew what it was like to have him touch your heart, and all of a sudden life came at you again, and you find yourself yet a follower and a believer, but suddenly broken because of life, broken because of circumstances, broken because of death, broken because of, of other things, and all of a sudden she's like she finds herself with this tomb. She had been healed, but now she's standing at an empty tomb. Trying to make sense of what happened in the last three days. This, this person who brought me hope and brought me life is suddenly removed from the equation. And that's why she's desperate when she's, she goes running to Peter. Where, where, have, where did they take him? I don't know what happened. And she's just completely frantic. Verse 20, or chapter 20, verse 11 says this. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. Hear her brokenness. Hear her desperation. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. And dear woman, why are you crying, they asked. And the angels gave her that question. And she says, because they have taken away my Lord. And I don't know where they put him. You know what's going on here? 
She's trying to make sense of it. She keeps walking. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? And who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener, the scriptures say. Sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I can go and get him. Some of you understand that. Life has been broken. Life had been healed. But all of a sudden, you find yourself in a place where you're just trying to hang on to something that makes sense. You've tried to follow Jesus. You've tried to follow Christ. You've tried to make sense of the thing. And all the, now all the thing you have to grasp a hold of is something from the, the recent past or something from the far past. And you grab a hold with all of your might, all of your heart. Maybe it's a relationship with a loved one that's going on. Maybe it's, a, it's an issue with a job. Maybe it's, it's some sort of a commodity or a, or a possession that you're just trying to hang on to to keep things stable like it's familiar. And you're trying, and that's what she's doing. She's desperate. Where have they put him? It's just a dead body. It's just bloody rags. But it, why is she trying? She's trying to hang on to something. The cool thing about it was it, it wasn't just a dead body. And it wasn't just rags. It was her Savior who had done great things. Here's the funny thing about it. She is right now. And this moment is in a supernatural time. She, and she does not even realize what's happening. She's standing before the gardener. But it's not the gardener. It's the lover of her soul. And right now, some of you are trying to make sense of life, trying to make sense of what's going on, and the gardener is standing in front of you. The lover of your soul is here right now speaking to you. And if you don't look up and pay attention, you might miss him. You might miss him right now. You think you just come to church on Easter Sunday because grandma asks, or hubby asks, or wifey asks, or my kids ask, or whatever. You think it's just a normal everyday moment, but it is not. It's a supernatural moment right here, right now. And he's speaking, and he's drawing, and he's calling to you. He knows your brokenness. He knows the abandonment. He hangs on a cross two days earlier from this, and he's hanging there. He says words like this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knew what it was like to be broken. His, he was spit upon and mocked. He, he, he had his body torn to shreds. And the amazing thing about that is most of that we walk into unwillingly or unknowingly. Life throws things at us, and we, we just have to deal with them. A lot of times, we, we, we choose decisions, and we make, we make choices, but you know what happens? We don't understand what lies ahead after that decision, and then all of a sudden, we find ourselves broken and afflicted and messed up. Jesus walks into brokenness on purpose. The Bible tells us that, that, that Jesus uttered words, no man takes my life from me. I, I voluntarily give it up. Jesus saw you. Jesus saw me in our brokenness. He said, I'm going to help them understand that I know where they are. And he walked right into it face first. Bam. Chose to be broken. Chose to be hurt. Chose that for you and for me. So we could say these words. We have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was in all points tempted just like we are. Yet, he's without sin. Therefore, let's come to the throne of grace boldly 
the scriptures tell us. Because we have this high priest, and this high priest is standing there, and grief was overshadowing her. But this is not the end of the story. This is not the end of the tune for her. She's standing there. He's, he's right now in this moment. He was picking up the pieces of her brokenness and putting it back together. Right there. And he utters these words, verse 16 of John 20. Mary, with an exclamation point. I think that's with passion and with love, with excitement and enthusiasm. Jesus calls to her, Mary. And she turned and she cried out to him, Rabboni, which means nothing to any of us. It's a Hebrew word that means master, teacher. He says, don't cling to me. She, I think she grabbed the hold of him by the legs. For I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them this message. I'll give you this message. Jesus calls to her directly, personally, and clearly. Today, while you're sitting in this congregation on Sunday morning, Easter 2013, Resurrection Sunday, the voice of Jesus is calling. And he's calling, Tanya, I'm here. Greg, I'm here. Brian, Dave, Rick, Rachel, I'm here. I'm right here. I've gone no place. He's calling directly and personally to every one of our hearts, every one of our lives. Right now, the risen Savior, the one who took on death for us, the one who paid the price for all of our sin, the one who willingly walked into all the brokenness we experience, stands today calling our names and saying, I am here. I love you. I want you. And Mary's response, Jesus is direct, and Mary's response is correct. Rabboni, master, teacher. What's she saying? I'm still following. I'm here. I don't understand all this, but I'm here. I don't get it. I'm looking. I'm searching. I'm still following. Please help me. I want to be what you want. That's what she's saying. You're the master. You know what she's saying about that? I trust you. That's what she's saying right here. This woman says, I'm calling you master because I trust you. I don't get this. I don't understand life right now, but I trust you. This morning, as Jesus calls to your heart, the only response you have is this. Master, teacher, any other response will not bring healing. Any other response will not give you the fulfillment of things that that only he can give. Any other response will keep you on the road you're on, will keep you in the brokenness, will keep you stuck where you are. But if he calls to you today, and you hear him calling, you utter those words, things change. Life changes. He, he beckons her, and her life is put back together. <laughs> you know what Jesus is saying? He says, I go to the Father. You know what he's saying? I go to my Father, your Father, my God, your God. You know what he's saying? I have conquered. I'm standing right here. 
I have overcome this. I, I have overcome everything that afflicts your life, everything that messes you up, everything you have done, every stain of, of guilt that's attached to you, I have washed clean. Everything anybody else in the world has done to you, I have broken the power of it over your life. I have set you free from the chains. I have set you free from the, free from the bondage. And I will go to the Father, and I will sit right next to him, and I will intercede on your behalf. That's what he says right there. Man. He's never left. He says that to you right now. I've never left. I've always been right here. You know what? She lets others in on what he's doing. That's the amazing thing. She leaves here. See, Jesus had all this brokenness to contend with. He had all these chips and pieces and all this stuff. And he starts to put it back together. And where her life once looked like this. Let's do this. Where her life once looked like that. Broken, messed up. That life suddenly found itself looking like that. Scars remain. The evidence of the work of Jesus is evident. The broken pieces are there, but suddenly they make sense. Suddenly they're a work of beauty. She was broken, but now she was beautiful. She was broken and beautiful at the same time. She had found that Jesus took every piece that she had broken, and he found a place for it. He had found the, the things that other people had done. There was a place for it. And he, he took it, and he made something beautiful out of it. He, he, the scriptures in Matthew chapter 4 talk like this. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news. And he says, he has sent me to heal up the brokenhearted. If your life is broken... And there's shreds and pieces and shards left. Give it to Jesus. Let him take it and make some beautiful mosaic out of it. The gospel, the glory of the gospel is he takes broken people and he makes good use out of them. He takes broken people and he makes beauty out of them. One piece of scripture says we are his workmanship. You can be that today. He can do that for you today. He can take what other people see or don't see. He can make beauty out of it. He can put it back together and make it better than it was, yet leave the testimony of his grace at work and be a piece of the beauty he shows. Is that amazing how he does that? We get to celebrate that. Now, before we go any further, I want to do something else. That's all fine and good, Aaron. You're talking to us about a lady who lived 2,000 years ago. Seems really archaic, ancient. Maybe how do we know she even lived? How do we know that's really true? How do, well, you know what? There's this thing called faith. But just to kind of help you along the line a little bit, how about I show you somebody's life who understands how God takes the brokenness and the mosaic and puts it back together? Would you like to see that? They're sitting right amongst you right now, actually. We're going we're gonna to let you see their story. And we're going to beckon you to trust Jesus through a song. Right now, listen to the voice of those who understand how God takes brokenness and puts it back together. And then listen for his voice to draw you to himself.